Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons. Jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story, there has been a task force deployed to help the Capitol Police in the aftermath of the January 6th, quote, insurrection. And I read some of the details of this. They act like these guys are overwhelmed. But I had done work on the Capitol Police before, from the Navy Yard shooting to Miriam Carey. Seemed like those guys were a little over overheated, a little um, overarmed. So what the police, the recommendation is to add 854 new police officers to their crew to have a rapid response unit and other things like that. But to better, quote, protect Congress, I actually think if you're going to do a coup, what you want is to be able to like lock down Congress. It's almost like they're practicing locking down the legislature this way. That's what it feels like to me. I've been asking that question like for a while. Why is everything locked down like this and blocked off? What are they preparing for? Yeah, it's not just this idea of D.C. needs to be a state because the places that they're locking down is the federal stuff that wouldn't even become a state. Yeah. So and but the details are it's 270 acres are the technical primary jurisdiction of the Capitol Police, although they can. They, they have jurisdiction, I think, over like all federal property. They could respond to anything on any federal property from what I was reading. But they are they are there for a 270-acre district. And they have – this will probably push their budget to $500 million. And their total number of officers will be 3,000. So if – even if you just round it down and say it's 10 officers per acre, think of that. Do you have it in your mind? Like, how big is the plot of land that you're on right now? A quarter of an acre? Do you really need 10 cops per acre? I guess if it goes straight up, there's a lot of whatever. But that seems like a lot of firepower. And I, I started looking into... And it's justified based on something that did not happen the way they're telling people it happened. Yes. And I always think back, if they had to make something up to get this, what? why did they really want this? Because they obviously really wanted this. And it feels like just this whole push towards making a different kind of policing that we're seeing from defund the police to, I went back to the 2015 Obama thing where he did a 21st century policing task force and they came out with recommendations, which it was very, very long. So it was hard for me to really sift through it. But as I revisit it, there were just a few things that might be worth pointing out from that. They, it's, it, it talks about how police forces need to coordinate with the Department of Justice. They need to regionalize. They need to send their leadership to national training. So it's really a de facto federalization and which I never would have noticed this the first like four times I read it, but now I get it. One of the things was they want, and I'm like, well, they can't actually make it federal. That's clearly unconstitutional. Just one of the last things it said in this five-page or four-page executive summary was that the Department of Justice should reach out to foundations for public-private partnerships to advance this initiative. So that's your that's your soft fascism. That's where you get the corporations to do things that would be unconstitutional if they were doing it in behalf of the government. There are a few other things they said they want. They established this first net, which is broadband or um, a segregated radio spectrum and broadband that 
kind of gives them their own internet, it seems like. And you made a great point about that. That if they shut us down, they will still be able to operate. So you think, yeah. and they, they would have to have that. They got the good internet that's not bottled neck and slowed yeah. down like all of ours. And it joins all of the, all of law enforcement and that kind of thing, which is also, in my opinion, unconstitutional. Like that stuff really should not be a, a national network. They want to put money into, like they need to actually put money into it. I'm sure it's already there. Auditory, visual, and biometric data. They want communities to get more involved. So they want to hijack community leaders. They want to get youth, the youth involved in decision making. That's a pretty terrible this idea. This goes back to the influencer program that Minneapolis was going to put into place to pay influencers to do what they do, to influence certain groups in society. Absolutely. Great, great point. They also talk about how they are going to have to deal with an increasing scope of law enforcement, which is going to include international terrorism. It doesn't say anything about domestic terrorism, evolving technologies, rising immigration, changing laws, new cultural mores and a growing mental health crisis. I guess they're they're anticipating that. And then they also say that the cops will have to deal with people in crisis, people with mental illness, people with addiction, implicit bias and cultural responsiveness. I don't know what that means. Procedural justice, effective social interaction and tactical skills. So uh, also the kind of the big thing, and they always do this, is they want to increase trust in the institution. And I always feel like Using propaganda and outreach and stuff to increase trust. Lying to increase trust. Yeah, isn't as good as earning trust. Exactly. And the thing about the cultural mores is interesting because when the culture changes and there's new norms, that's going to lead to a lot of conflict, obviously, but probably an increase in people maybe calling the police because they don't understand certain new cultural norms. It might not be illegal, but just to simply... That's new. I don't get it. I'm going to call the cops or I'm going to go get some authority to help me. How do you handle that? Who are new new laws like emerge from stuff like that as well? When we moved to Atlanta and my husband put a burnt orange with giant longhorns painted on it, size of the refrigerator in your kitchen, smoker at the end of our driveway <laughs> in the middle of Buckhead. <laughs> wow. I'm sure the HOA loved that. We didn't have an HOA, but the only thing that got people on board was that we had massive barbecues and invited everybody over. But I remember him getting the and it, we we were already living there when he ordered the thing. And he said, what color should I get the smoker? And I'm thinking like it's an oil can. And I, I thought, well, I guess, you know, steel or black. And he was like, I'm going to go with the orange. <laughs> and I was like, at least make it like black and yellow or whatever. Y'all like they make it red and black and it'll be fine because everybody will think it's UGA. I know, but it doesn't isn't Georgia Tech black and yellow? Yeah, but nobody likes they Georgia had, Tech except for oh, me. Oh, there were there were people there. It was a nerdy neighborhood. Is it not nerdy? My best friend went to Georgia Tech. Yeah. So she was a basketball player. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yes. Yeah. yeah and maybe your husband too. I'm not gonna out her right now, but I'll tell you later. Yeah. Well, you'll meet her at the neighbors thing. Oh, on great. Yeah, that's awesome. Excited now. April eighteenth, anyway. Sunday, April eighteenth at two o'clock. That's the I'm writing it in pencil until I get my tickets, and I'm going to go straight to Atlanta. I'm not going to bring my kids so that I can be sure 
nothing will stand in my way. Let me confirm my tickets, but we are tentatively scheduled for a meetup at Neighbors Sunday, April 18th at 2 p.m. in Smyrna. So, yeah, but uh, hopefully nobody gets out of hand in Georgia because apparently we can't take the law into our own hands anymore. They're trying to make it that way because a new citizen's arrest law, a modification of the old one, has been passed. It was passed 173 to nothing in the Georgia House, so not the Senate. It needs to still pass through the Senate. But the proposed legislation would do this. It would repeal the citizen's arrest law while still allowing employees at businesses, security officers, private investigators, and inspectors at truck scales to detain someone that they believe has committed a crime. And it would allow law enforcement officers to make arrests outside of their jurisdictions. So they still have those quasi-citizens arrests would, would be able to happen, but it would not be able to work like it currently does. The current state law works like this. It allows any Georgian who believes he has witnessed a crime to arrest a suspected offender if that crime is, quote, committed in his presence or within his immediate knowledge. And if the crime is a felony and the person is, is suspected of committing it, is trying to flee, then Georgians are allowed to arrest the person upon reasonable and probable grounds of suspicion. That is what they voted to repeal. And the other one that I read before is the one that they are uh, voting to replace it with, which Seems like it could give it could could give more powers to the police. Go ahead. It's funny because I mean, how I in all the time I lived in Atlanta, I never ever heard of that law ever being used except for in the Ahmad Arbery case. And yeah. that guy, the guy who did it was, I think, an ex cop and also was a kind of cop investigator working privately for prosecutors and stuff. So this isn't something that the average citizen engages in. And it sounds like they're expanding the powers of the cops anyway. It does sound like that. And interesting, you should bring that up because on the same day that this bill was passed through the Georgia House, there happened to be an armed citizen that stopped a robbery suspect at a Chick-fil-A in Midtown it's the Chick-fil-A inside of Colony Square at the intersection of 14th Street and Peace Street. I used to go to it all right. the time. Here's what happened, according to Sergeant John Schaaf. Around 3 p.m. yesterday, the cops received a call about a man who entered the Chick-fil-A inside Colony Square with a gun, and he demanded cash. And shortly thereafter, people outside saw a man fleeing from the restaurant, and one of the people watching outside nearby who was armed attempted to stop the fleeing man, shot a couple of, of rounds in the air, and then held the man. Shot a couple of rounds in the air? The, the article is very vague in but what I mean, really happened. I tried I've to find never more specifics. Met I know, it's weird. It's owner. like the Wild West. Who would ever do that? Have you ever met a gun over, owner, owner who that sounds like something they would it do? sounds like something you see in a movie to me, is what it sounds like. Shot it in the air? I mean, it, <sighs> it says that, here's what it says. One of the onlookers who was armed fired two shots and held the robbery suspect at gunpoint until officers arrived. Now, I, I don't know how you go from just seeing a man fleeing, firing two shots, and then a man who is also armed. The yeah, robbery, I'm not sure you're allowed to fire the shots. And this is exactly why I find this story interesting, because this happened on the same day as this Georgia law was what passed the, the house because it <laughs> appears that what happened would be justified under the current law, but would not be justified 
under the new proposed law. And the article went on to say that no one was injured in the shooting and the man, the robber, is expected to be charged with armed robbery. And then it says no charges at this time are expected against the citizen, the one who the citizen who arrested him. Is race not a factor in this one? This it is purely... it, it's strangely vague, the details. It goes on right. to say this one last strange thing. And, and this was at the time that this article had last been updated, which was 11 p.m. last night. It said, police are still investigating and there's a heavy police presence that remains on the scene. The robbery happened at 3 p.m. Why are the police still investigating something that happened eight hours before where no one was hurt and they had already caught the guy? It just seems a bit strange to me. Yeah, maybe there's something up with that. Well, it was convenient how it elucidated the difference between the existing law and the future law so perfectly and in such a timely manner. It also makes me wonder if you do witness something, somebody's getting hurt maybe, and you want to intervene to stop. Are you going to break some law and potentially go to prison for trying to defend someone else? That's a different question. But yeah, I I guess that's part of it. Stand your ground. Like all the things come in and it's all about encroaching. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's a downfall. If this law changes, other laws have to change. Yeah, maybe. Well, I'll tell you one law that maybe it's not going to change as a law, but it's definitely happening. And it's my hashtag stop vax apartheid, which I coined a few weeks ago seeing this coming, of course. But it goes to what you said yesterday. I think it was yesterday about the CDC rules changing about if you've been vaccinated, you can do all these things that free people can do. But if you haven't, you're going to be stuck Zooming for the rest of your life, not being able to go to shows, not being able to go to the bar, not being able to get on the airplane. It didn't say that expressly so far. Yeah, but it's just going in that direction. And so for me, that's a self-selection group where they're going to make sure that people who are not conforming, the people who are not willing to take an emergency authorized experimental gene therapy drug, if you're healthy and you're not willing to take that, you will be relegated to a position where you cannot interact with other people other than under a digital surveillance network. So you're not going to be able to talk to people. You're going to be cordoned off from society. And I feel like that's when you're going to get your tunnel people, your outlanders. You're just going to go. You're just going to go. And I had a funny little thing about that, which is that uh, if if everybody takes the vax, if there are this suspicion, it's unclear if there's any fertility issues with it, but some uh, childbearing age women are worried about that. And I thought yeah. that and everything else. Right. So if the non-vaxxers are living in the outland, eating organic chickens and stuff like that, then maybe they're the ones who are going to be a virtual or a living kind of heirloom seed vault for the future of humanity. Maybe that's why the World Economic Forum is carving out a place for the people who will not conform and they're going to let them survive because that's what's in the World Economic Forum stuff. They say there are going to be people who aren't going to be able to take it. They're going to have to live outside. But maybe those are the people who are going to be like genetically healthy 
I don't know what the Maybe. hell do I know. Yeah, but I just the, think it's funny. Them. And it, at the same time as that story, you see these stories yesterday about how women are more affected by the vaccine. They have stronger and more adverse effects than men. So on the one hand, have your freedom, but women, you're going to be more adversely affected. But of course it does caveat. But if you are adversely affected, it just means it's working. <laughs> at what point are That's you allowed to be concerned? I wonder. I don't know. Uh, that's a good point. Um, and I, I don't want to belabor it, but there, there, I was listening to somebody last night on KFI saying how his sister needed convalescent. It was a doctor. His sister needed convalescent plasma because she takes this medicine for rheumatoid arthritis. That means she is incapable of producing her own antibodies. And I wonder if they tell those people, and I couldn't believe he wasn't answering the question, if that person's allowed to get a vaccination because the vaccination requires you to produce your own antibodies. So I'm curious about that. If anybody knows, I'd love to hear it. I also just wanted to make a point about the fact that the vaccination passports and stuff will reduce travel, will reduce the openness. We also have pressure on trade, the immigration, all that stuff seems to be where we might be closing up borders for real physical people, but the virtual world and these globalists and big philanthropy, the soft fascism emerging from behind the scenes, they will still get their global tech, their global control, their global conformity, even though we stop being able to interact with each other. And we'll have maybe walled Internet gardens and all that straight out of, I believe it was Hack Attack from the 2010 Rockefeller Foundation scenario comparison. But I just think it's worth thinking about that. It looks like globalism is being foiled because borders are closing down. But that doesn't mean the globalists are being foiled or that their borders are closing down. But oh, anyway, yeah. so lighten us up there. Let's see what's uh, what's going on in. Well, to finish up with the with the virus stuff or whatever, or, or move to the politicians and their nefarious plots i think it's crazy that cuomo they're they're starting this investigation about cuomo because he sexually harassed a couple of women or maybe many women but it's all hands on deck for this and i'm thinking imagine how many women were actually abused being locked up in their homes where their husbands all of a sudden lost their jobs because of covid all their kids are home they can't i mean domestic violence went up drug abuse drug addiction alcoholism yeah. all that stuff went up probably new york more than anywhere and this guy and they're the thing that outrages people is that a couple of uh, a chick he met at a wedding between a Rhodes and a Kissinger, I kid you not, is was offended by his suggestions. I mean, yeah, he's probably gross, but let's let's uh, he's he's done worse than that. He has. He has done worse than that. And perhaps that's why this stuff is in the news is it's distracting from that other worse stuff that he's done. He just has the attitude and the look of a guy who is constantly in sexual harassment mode to me maybe that's not the right thing to say but that's just how he he comes off and the woman in in the interview she was talking about him she said that he said he discussed whether he, he asked her if she's willing to have sex with older men he said he's willing to have sex with younger women i thought that was really kind of him he's being willing to to do that to sleep Ew. with younger women and that she did take it to hr at the time and she told them about it and they moved her so she she requested to be working in a different area so she didn't have to interact with him and they they did allow that and 
then they said that they're not going to investigate because it's just grooming right now. It didn't amount to sexual assault, so they're not going to investigate. And she didn't want it investigated. I don't know why she brought it up now. Politically, it's expedient right now. They could use it. Well, that's interesting to me because it seems like out here, Newsom, back there, Cuomo, they're both the ones who oversaw both the greatest number of deaths or infections and the worst lockdowns. I mean, I'm... Thinking just in casual observation, I'm not looking at stats there, but I think we can all kind of agree that those were the worst places for both the disease and the reaction. And both of those guys, those governors are being demonized. They're talking about impeachment. Yeah. And I wonder if, first of all, I think they're always in on everything. Those two are some of the most connected people in that intergenerational mob, according to the Etienne de la Boetie squared, that there could be. So whatever's happening to them I think it's part of the plan. And I guess there are a couple of ways of looking at it. First, you could just say, all right, you need your token villains so that it looks like there's accountability. But also it could be they're going to be okay in the end. But the the idea that you could nail a couple of squirrels to the tree, if you're the guy in power and you've got elected officials who might not want to conform, say, hey, man, everybody's got a skeleton. Look what's happening to these guys. If If they're not safe, you're not safe. Same thing about locking down Congress with this extra protection quote, I I think that there probably are human beings out there in politics that you cannot trust. Maybe you can't trust them because they want to save the world, or maybe you just can't trust them because they want a little for themselves. And they don't see. I always think JFK, Reagan, the guys who get taken out and Nixon, they were they were in on it. They just had their own ego to deal with. And you need to keep those people in their camp. So I think maybe these guys are squirrels that are being nailed to the tree but nothing yeah. really about yeah, it was an informant for the fbi while he was the head of the screen actors guild oh really yeah i mean he was i think he i always thought that he was kind of in on it but he i think he must have had his own ideas because that wasn't good enough jfk too and nixon all right so there's a story going around today about biden's german shepherds there was a big deal about biden being a dog person And they had the first dog, first rescue dog ever in the White House, his dog, Major Biden. Well, the Biden dogs have been sent back to Delaware after an aggressive incident with Major Biden, the younger of the two dogs. This is the rescue dog, three-year-old. They're both German Shepherds, again, dogs that you typically think of police dogs when you think of that. But Major was in what was described as a biting incident with a member of the White House security team. And the condition of the, quote, victim is unknown. I I don't know what this guy was doing with the dog. I don't know who the victim here is, but they're calling that person the victim. And they said it was serious enough to move the dog back to Delaware. But there's a couple of interesting things here. And if you are a dog lover, then listen closely, especially if you're a Biden fan, which I doubt anybody who's a Biden fan is really listening to us. But these dogs were in Delaware a lot because... They frequently stayed in Delaware with their, quote, minders, the people who watch them, when the first lady... Isn't that their owners? I I don't know. They (laughs) used the word... I've never seen that word before in this context. But it was when Jill Biden was out of town, the dogs would be flown back to Delaware. So, one, Jill Biden is kind of watching the dogs. Two, these dogs are flying back and forth from Washington to Delaware on a regular basis. Flying is is not a good thing for dogs. It is stressful for them. It creates anxiety, probably agitation. And 
it shows that the minders are probably actually the ones who the dogs see as their dad and mom as their alpha, not Joe and Jill, which would explain why the dogs are running a little out of control at the White House because their mom and dad aren't really there. They're in Delaware where they spend most of their time. So these dogs, in my opinion, are basically getting emotionally abused by the Bidens to be used as a prop for Biden's a dog person. Look, he's got a rescue dog just like you. How I, I thought I read that they one of those dogs anyway was only rescued recently. Two years ago, they got the dog two years ago, probably preparing <laughs> for this <very laughs> on the day thing. that Biden announced his candidacy, perhaps. Right. Yes. Yes. And I wonder I do wonder because we've seen a lot of stories related to dog to animals and covid. I wonder if this dog is going to get a positive covid test and be kind of a case example of, I don't know what we have to do. I wonder what kind of dogs they had before these dogs. I don't know. Joe Joe probably doesn't know either because Joe is not at all taking care of this. This is not Joe Biden's dog. I just, I think that at the age of 76 to all of a sudden get a couple of rescue German shepherds is a little (laughs) surprising. (laughs) Yeah, that's a big task for somebody. From somebody who takes care of dogs, it is that is not the move. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. And our last big story of the free 30, Monica triggers listeners, fears excommunication. Her mea culpa coming up next. <laughs> but before that, I want to tell you about what's going to be in the patron 15, which is a story about sex ed for kindergartners. Really? And... Poor little Meghan Markle. She and Oprah commiserate on how tough it is at the top. And, of course, a big thank you to our sponsor of today's show, which is the Rye Guys. Do you love freedom? Does the daily news leave you shaking your head? Does mindless conformity give you the heebie-jeebies? Are you surrounded by people who just don't get it? Are you right now wearing clothes? You over there, yes, you. Do you like cool clothes? Well, meet the Rye Guys, makers of fun, freedom-loving t-shirts and more, quality products for independent thinkers and other such troublemakers. We make each of our handcrafted tees with equal parts satire, mischief, and Rye social commentary. Put on one of our tees and you'll meet kindred spirits, share a laugh, and enjoy great conversation. Take off one of our tees and, well, we're not here to judge you. We support liberty, peace, and voluntary solutions to societal ills. And you have our word, our products are never tested on animals other than sacred cows. So stop by today at www.ryguys.com. That's W-R-Y-G-U-Y-S.com. Ryguys.com. The Rye Guys. A rye wit for today's shit. Love that ad. Always makes me laugh. Check out the Rye Guys. Also, if you like our free content, I want to encourage you to check out our premium tiers on patreon.com slash propaganda report. With each higher tier comes another level of interactive events with Monica and I and other patrons as well that are in your tier. You will get the first Friday disappearing patron parties, which are a lot of fun, just as are the VIP DPPs, which you will also get if you look through the tiers and you, you want to have the, you want depending on the level, we do the higher tier for VIP DPP so we can have a higher level of interactiveness in it because sometimes they get kind of big so we want to have a more exclusive exclusive one at the top there and there's also our patron zoom parties we offer a live on-air shout outs we offer promotion and sponsorship opportunities to share your products and services with like-minded propaganda report listeners and we have some tiers that will even get you some propaganda report swag and if you become a patron today we and by we i mean monica 
will <laughs> send you a propaganda report mug or T-shirt of your choice. That's for patron saints. So that's the highest tier. Gets the swag. And uh, also, if you want to become a patron saint and a Rockfin listener, a, a Rockfin subscriber, we have a real deal for y'all. So that you have to message me on Patreon or you can email us at the propaganda report podcast at gmail.com for some of those special offers. Yeah, we have a lot of deep dives on Rockfin, rockfin.com slash propaganda report. Now to our last story of the free 30. A few days ago, you brought a story about how Nate Silver from 538 or whatever it's called. I forget what it's called. His blog, which I hate and people seem to think it's great. He has a bunch of stats, prediction stuff, polls. and He's wrong so yeah, often, too. He's so, it's clearly propaganda. And he said Q. Q is nuts, just like, I don't know, people with faith, I think he said. And... I I didn't like that because for me, I don't think that believing in God is purely an act of faith. I think being an atheist where you think I have no idea what the answer is, but I'm positive it's not God is irrational. That's what I think. I agree. So, but instead I said faith is not necessary for belief in God. And I got a couple of very respectful and well thought out and informative corrections, one from a Catholic listener and another from a priest who said, faith is a virtue. You have to have it. I need to do a little more homework on this myself, but I understand that. And my argument, you know, one way that I understand it is that if you want to have a relationship with God, which is the way to kind of earn heaven, I guess, in this life to prepare for the next, you have to know, you have to understand him and just simply rationally concluding that atheism doesn't make sense is, isn't enough. And it's definitely not enough for the Catholic church. I'm not, I'm a little rusty on my catechism, but apparently, you know, if I, if I said it, if it was so egregiously wrong that people took the time to let me know, and I did correct it in yesterday's patron 15, but I thought it would be good since I had said it on the air in the first place. But I am just trying, you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to figure this stuff out. I'm not, I'm not great at like spiritual reading. I'm good at thinking about, I don't know. I like to offer up my chores and all that out of gratitude for the ability to do them, that kind of thing. I kind of like live the prayer, but I'm just not great. And and I, I'm so good at thinking generally, but I'm just not great at the spiritual stuff. So I will try to be more clear in my comments and I will encourage people to let me know if you think that something I said was a little out of whack because I really have no agenda and I certainly don't want to offend people or misrepresent somebody's belief. I know these people wrote to me in like kindness, like it's not like people are mad at me, but I just think it's important to clarify. We do a lot of analysis and opinion a lot and you know you're not going to get it all perfect but we could try try to do our best yeah and being analytical about faith which seems like those two come into conflict i I don't think they do i think that you can be analytical and a critical thinker about it and i think that you can come to the conclusion similar to what you expressed earlier that it is logical to believe and 
a higher power. To Just to in. see to see the intelligence inherent in the universe. That's all. Like it just it can't have come from nothing. You know, order cannot come from chaos. Like that's a yeah. scientific kind of principle. Entropy is a is yeah. a scientific principle. The media would have you or have us separate science from religion, which I think is a complete fallacy. I don't well, think they, you have to separate of, science from religion at all. They've actually made science into a religion because now we're supposed to believe the priests who have this these religious writings in jargon that we're not qualified to read because we don't speak the language of science. So it's funny. Yeah, we could go down that rabbit hole, but I just wanted to I'll shout out to those guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to write to me. I really appreciate it. I'm hoping that what we're doing here is building a community of people who think and graciously want to help each other get it right. And I'm I'm just happy with that. Whereas when I used to be on the radio, oh my gosh, the emails were like, you're going to hell. You're evil. And I'm like, I'm not. I don't. I'm just trying my best. You know, because people get mad because they didn't ask to listen. But on the podcast, they're listening to you because they know you and they like you. But when I was on WSB, they think they own it. They're listening for the traffic. And when you say something that does not strictly conform with Sean Hannity, like they would get mad sometimes. So anyway, thanks for the good, gracious responses. And I have a the, couple the of The irony outs. of someone calling in to angrily shout, you're going to hell is just beyond me. It was a little crazy. I remember there was one like you're making the same mistake as Eve and your pridefulness. And anyway, that was those were some. You really had to build a thick skin for that kind of stuff. But I felt like I was on a mission to at least get people to think like it's always been kind of mission driven, not agenda driven. Just I think people should think and let's talk about it. And that's all I want. And I'm obviously doing that. So even though it's still a little humbling, but that's all right. So it is Share the Show Tuesday. And uh, I welcome you to share even though it has... I have to have a, a, a humbling, corrective experience, but you can still share. We don't forget we've got this neighbor's thing. Pencil it in for April 18th. And I wanted to thank some of our patrons, our new patrons and our old patrons, Wesley, Brian, David B., David K., Aaron. Maybe it's pronounced A, Aaron, but <laughs> do you remember that? <laughs> who was that who did that funny skit on... Is a YouTube skit, but you can't uh, you can't get it anymore. But it was just funny. And John has a shout out to Random Randy for turning me on to the Propaganda Report because it's become my favorite podcast and a good way for me to think about things differently. I forgot that that was the shout out for today. So awesome. we've got John thinking. He thanks you for that. We thank John, all the other patrons, and uh, on with the patron fifteen. All right. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content we were just telling you about, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and become a patron or rockfin.com slash propaganda report. We will talk to you guys in the patron 15 or tomorrow. Have a fantastic rest of your share the show Tuesday. <laughs>